to another episode of Mornings with Marla. We have a repeat guest. My no. love, Mish. Um, they, we've known each other for so long, I feel like at this point, yeah. like, maybe 23rd, 12, 13? Yeah, something maybe? like it's one, a 12, 13, something like, like that. Years. And mm-hmm. we were just, we've had been having so many good conversations. Like we should have hit the record button and just been like, well, just jump in because it's just been flowing. Um, so I kind of always jump right in. But um, I think I've told this story on the last podcast, but it was a while ago. It was probably like a year and a half ago um of just like how we met I was actually telling my friend last night uh I that... literally just told it to Mike you tell it you tell it the glitter shower I want glitter a glitter shower moment well I mean okay the funny part about it on my end about that night was like you know I wasn't living up there at the time and so I was up visiting and I was like hanging out with my friends and there was one of my friends of Connor Mm-hmm. that like I kept trying to like meet up with and it was like every time I had just left the house that I said that I was at it was like <laughs> then he like showed up to it and then um I was we did that at one of the houses and I was with my friends and I didn't know any of you guys um but like we just hit it off so much mm-hmm. and then my friends went to leave and I was like I like looked at you and I was just like I'm gonna stay actually like if that is okay with with you guys I'm like yeah then they left and then Connor did actually show up and he then we back. ran off with, and I, I finally met up with him in that night and then we all ran off and you gave us a glitter shower and there was a sunrise and then I remember for like weeks after that Connor just kept being like dude hit up your girl Marla and I'm like she's just as much your girl as my girl like we met we all met on the same night he was like you guys didn't know each other before that and I'm like no like we all met together yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like but it was pre- just instant it was previous instant. soul contract like there has been some past stuff that and then oh it's just it's been a really beautiful journey and I guess before we were talking and reflecting on how it, it's been a little cyclical like things are coming back up and these pieces you sent me a picture and you were like oh this was what five years ago or something oh well, yeah yeah when we did and, the yin yeah, yang retreat and that's when we I feel like there were like multiple steps it was like in Santa Barbara you had that massive healing trauma tragedy thing happening I was there for support and then you moved back. and you too before that's very you know, true yeah and you then know? you moved back to your, to Arizona and, and there was like this, like we were talking for hours all the time and there was this, you're like, like, I just got to come. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're kind of back in that again. I feel back in a similar place of that anyway, where I'm just like finding myself back in that spiritual space, which just is, you know, when you're going through some traumas and chaos and stuff, just finding yourself back on your mat or on the dance floor or like wherever it is for you that like just kind of lights you up is just a really beautiful healing space. Um, so I guess we were talking 
yeah however you want to and well okay I mean bringing up that time so it's it's funny because like I was really reflecting yesterday um yeah I was seeing I was visiting my friend before he leaves to go to Missouri to have a baby you know so it's like going off on a on a new chapter and we've been friends as well since like you know high school and um you know, we were talking about what was going on for me right now, you know, and we were like, and I was like, dude, like, I'm like, yeah, actually living my life as an artist now. <sighs> and he's just like, he's like, I, I know it's like kind of incredible. <clears throat> and like, when you came and visited me, right, <clears throat> like at that time, like five years ago, I was in my little niche corner <laughs> in the <laughs> desert, just like, writing poetry and dancing with the cactus and um yeah just honestly like not even a hundred percent sure or clear on what I was doing you know I I could I had I had no clue mm-hmm. right um but you were like you cannot just stay here in this corner and like not share this like mm-hmm you know, you, you, you have to share this, this, this stuff. And it's so funny because like, it has really, you know, I heard you mm-hmm. when you said that, you know, and I think I did, I began that journey of, of the sharing, but it has been, it has been slow. And I think I want to share that with like people that like, if you truly do have like, a message to share or like there is art inside of you or you are interested or called into developing a different way of experiencing or doing something or researching something Mm -hmm. that shit does not just happen and I think in our society right now you know like we have to have all the answers all the time otherwise we don't feel credible you know there's so much imposter syndrome running through us and um so much misalignment in the way that we like take in information you know and all of this that you can think that you know you're supposed to just have all of the work that you will ever create or or whatever and then it like just comes out and it comes out perfect Mm -hmm. you know and that's just not how it is. Like I wrote Never Pick the Wildflowers, for example, back in that time, five years ago. And it just had its like real debut being released into the world. Like not just by people listening to it, right? Because like lots of people have heard that poem and love it. But I finally got to like put it into an actual production, right? We It was at an art show um, this last weekend. And we did a dance piece. And that it. sold out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this whole entire podcast, like my whole, I, like my nipples hard, goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, 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 and like, yeah, you know, like it, um, I didn't create that poem with that vision in mind. Mm-hmm. That poem created itself with that vision in yeah. mind. You know, the art 
I, I've learned just so much. Like the art is so much smarter than me. And like, if I can just let stuff channel through me mm. and then I can not be so attached to it, honestly, like I can let it evolve and like my relationship to it evolve throughout time. It is telling me like, that's the thing, like my art, it comes up out of me and it'll tell me things that I can't see. Mm-hmm. You know, it will start projects for like, it will lay the foundation for, you know, future things that I don't even know, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of the last things that got public, like pieces of poetry that got published um, was like three pieces that went together with a bunch of photos. I didn't plan any of that as like an original concept, you yeah. know, <laughs> I just wrote down my feeling mm-hmm. and they became these, these poems and then. I randomly did this other photo shoot because I just wanted to do it and it sounded fun and I wanted to bring friends out and give them a chance to do things, you Mm -hmm. know, and then down the line, there ended up being a, like, then someone was like, I want to put these in something. (laughs) Will you like put something together, you know? So I, yeah, and I think I'm, I'm saying that for like myself right now and for others that it's like, yeah you can make plans and stuff and that's like really great and like you know I think we uphold people who have vision and things like this and I think I just encourage us to rethink of like what vision is and where it comes from mm-hmm. you know that visions are usually given to us not something that we like devise because like when we try to devise it from like our own individual like in it uh viewpoint mm-hmm. We can't even fucking come up with nearly the cool shit that like would would not would would naturally. Yeah, you can't like expect even how much magic is potentially mm-hmm. created or imagine it like within a tangible idea. I think it like has to naturally naturally unfold, and I think there's a lot of frustration for a lot of people, including myself when I have those moments, when I'm pouring out creativity, when I just like, I can't get it on paper fast enough. I'm having downloads while I'm falling asleep and I, w- I want to roll over and write it down, but I know I'll be up for the next four hours. It's yep. And then you're just like, well, how do I bring this to the world? I want this to be like, I want to show up like this. And it gets really frustrated when it's not happening and it's not falling into place in the timeline that you expect it to be in. And therefore you can, it's like, you want all this control and control and like, this is devise your plan and this is the way your life is going to go. And I think you can have some sort of concept and idea and goals. I think that's important. You can't just lay down in the middle of the road and be like, all right, what's happening? There has to be some effort, but when it doesn't happen the way you want and when it gets frustrating and like, I've been in the cyclical thing of where I keep finding myself back here. I'm a creator. I love being an artist and like, what am I doing? Why am I not doing that? And like, then it's just like more frustration, but to surrender and trust that it will happen when it's meant to, and it will be more powerful than I can even imagine is so hard. (laughs) So hard. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's why like in, you know, some spiritual communities and things like this, right. We have this language around like what and why cool, Mm -hmm. but how and when Mm -hmm. that's not up to you. Yeah. You know, like we don't get to decide the how and the when of what we want Mm -hmm. in this life. 
But what we can do is continuously come back to with ourselves what it is that it that it is that we are reaching for, striving, longing for. Mm-hmm. I would even really say like more than reaching for, striving for, I know, accomplish or achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what are we longing for? Mm-hmm. And why do we want that thing? And um, we can come back to that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the how and the when does just take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I mean. It doesn't always show up when you think it's going to show up or when you want it to show up or in the way that it you you think you want it to show up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes having a specific way that we want it to show up or having spe- specificity around the thing that will give us that feeling, mm-hmm. right? Rather than what we're, that we're just like calling in that feeling, right? Like I have stopped trying to, like a long time ago now, like I stopped trying to like be like, I want this like I want to relate I'm calling in a relationship right or I'm calling in a job Mm -hmm. or I am calling in like um you know uh like new prod you know like like whatever it is always feeling state now Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I'm calling in you know like I want to feel like I want to wake up and feel like I have space to dive into my own creativity mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, yeah, I remember one time what I asked for was like, I wanted the things that I was studying to be tying into what I was dancing mm-hmm. and that the people around me were like also doing that. I remember that one showed up by surprise, like mm-hmm. two years later, where all of a sudden I was like in it, I was doing that. I was like going back and forth between the thing I was studying and the thing I was dancing. I was like, hey, I prayed for this, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's when I remember when I prayed for it, I didn't know what that was going to look like exactly. Like at first, like the thing that brought it to me was that I was thinking I wanted to go back to school, mm-hmm. you know? I remember this, right? When you were going to apply to Germany. Yeah. And so instead of like, you know, deciding, oh, okay, well, the way that I go about that is I go back to university and I study dance and I study these other things, you know, that could have been one way to do it. Right. Um, But instead, I wasn't back at university, but I was taking a really cool class from Harvard about like algorithmic bias and ethical AI and was dancing with it. And you know what I like? It was, I was I was doing exact, I was receiving exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know the container that it was going to come in. And I had started to learn by that point to do, you know, to be open to that, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why now, like, I don't, yeah, I call in what I want to receive and feel, mm-hmm. you know, what rather than, yeah, a, a, a specific thing that Mm -hmm. I think will give me that 
Yeah. And I think that's the power of manifestation is like, you can't really define exactly what you want the thing to be. Cause it's just, that's not how it's, you don't know. You can't decide. Yeah. But you can really put yourself more in an emotional space. Like I feel like just let's, for example, like you're envisioning what your dream house is or where you want to live in five years or whatever you can envision like what that would look like, but the, the four focus needs to be more on the feeling. So you're calling that in because it's not necessarily like you can just build the house that you're going to. Well, yeah. Cause like, do you want the house or do you want a place that feels like, like, yes, uh, you want the house maybe, Mm -hmm. but like, let's dig into a little bit underneath there of like, why, like what, like why someone might be longing for Mm -hmm. a house, what they feel that might give them, right? Maybe they feel, especially in the stories that we tell, especially Mm -hmm. here in America, right? That if once they have a house that they've made it, yeah. And once they have a house, that means like they, they, they did the thing. They did the thing on the escalator. You know, they, they you hit that the next forward. Yeah. You move the piece forward on the Monopoly board. <laughs> <Yes>. Good job. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's that that they feel that they'll finally feel some bit of like safety and security, right? Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps it's like oh, like I want a space to call, like it's going to feel so good to have a space to call my own and to like curate and decorate in a way that like really um, fuels me, right? Maybe it's like, oh, that point I'm finally going to have space. You know, like when I'm at my house, oh, I'm going to have space to, for my dogs to be outside and for me to have like this art studio, right? Yeah. So those are all wonderful things. Like, and you should have those if you want them. It may or may not be, though. Like, that's the thing, though. If those are the things that you actually want, it may or may not be that those those things could all come to you, but it may not be that they come to you in the form of a house or very specifically in the form of that specific house in that specific place that you're thinking of, you know? Maybe the way that you're getting those studio needs met is that you're going to meet some random, very, very cute old lady who was an artist Uh and like has some old artist studio in her back house. And like her arthritis has gotten so bad that she can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And she just wants someone to be back in there. And you guys meet feeding the ducks (laughs) and you're talking about your art. And she's like, I have this beautiful artist space. Like, I would really just love somebody to like be in it and like using it. Will you use it? It's it, that brings me to the, like the top, like the thing of just like you need to like open dialect with the random people. You never know what's gonna come. But also, I know like the the word longing. Like, I've never thought yeah. of it in that way. I've never mm. really just like oh, it's a, it's a yearning and a long, like, or like this thing that you feel like you're not getting. And I want, like, for me, I always, I'm curious, like, what is the catalyst to depression for me? What is the catalyst to I was just going to say, having suicidal ideation? It's when you have longing and Mm -hmm. you feel you, and you don't feel empowered. And so longing hurt Mm -hmm. if you're longing for a thing and you feel like there's no way for you to get that. Yes when you know that there's something that you long for and it feels and when we're in a vic- like in a disempowered state mm-hmm. right and we feel like there's no way that we can receive that yeah 
Mm-hmm. When we're not in a disempowered state, longing is like, is so like when we're in a disempowered state, longing can be the catalyst towards depression. Mm-hmm. When we're in an empowered state, longing and desire is the catalyst towards moving towards movement towards moving towards building something yeah yes you know so so you know uh, yeah and so like that's really and then and and so and and it is I want to validate like for us and for anybody who listens like it could be so easy and simple to feel disempowered Mm -hmm. um because, yeah, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, uh, spiritually gaslight mm-hmm. and say that we don't literally live underneath the boot of oppression. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am not going to pretend, mm-hmm. right, that there is not, not only like the natural suffering of the world, right, like natural disasters and and things like this, that then there, that we have inflamed it. Mm-hmm. as humans with the way that we treat each other and the way that we treat the earth um and the way that we treat people perceived as other mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and um yeah like i'm not going to pretend that n- that none of that is happening and it can't be easy to fall into feeling disempowered mm-hmm. and also i know that there have been mystics and spiritualists and revolutionaries throughout time who have also found a different way to literally live within all of that and say at the same time, "Mm -mm, I don't believe in this. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in this. Um, I know that this is what we are living in, but I know that this is not how it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so I am going to attempt to, or not attempt, I'm going to live differently, yeah. you know, and if the world catches up in my lifetime, cool. If not, I hope to move mm-hmm. the needle forward. Yeah. Right. And I, I, as a person who has struggled heavily with suicidal ideation since a young, yeah. I mean, eight, nine, yeah. 10 years old. And as we were kind of talking a little bit, like before we came on, um, this was my first winter ever that I did not become suicidal, <laughs> um, that I was not dealing with suicidal ideations. And I firmly believe that that came from having a very dedicated gratitude practice mm-hmm. over the last year that like at the same time as like all, everything horrible that is happening in the world there's always something to be grateful for and I'm not saying you need to be grateful for the horrors Mm -hmm. right but like when the horrors are happening you better believe that I'm still fucking grateful that I have access to clean water Mm -hmm. that water exists that the trees still keep growing even though and like giving us oxygen like I'm so thankful to the trees who like even though we treat them like shit they still just keep living and doing their work yeah the fucking earthworms i'm so thankful to the goddamn earthworms who just like 
like the world's like real workers and the bees and I you know and I'm fucking thankful to the worker like the human workers like I can still find gratitude for them I find so much gratitude for the community of people that are around me um I find so much gratitude for the um house that I live in that is like safe haven for the trans for trans people like we are all trans in this house um there are people we are all recovering from different things in different ways and we all support each other mm-hmm. you know like we we share resources you know we still share we are depending on we are not dependent we are interdependent mm-hmm. on each other and it makes it to where i feel so safe Mm-hmm. and that's I feel so fucking safe even if the world like that's what I mean right now even if the world goes to absolute shit like I mean everything say crumbled and was like literally on fire I still feel you know what like I would be okay yeah you know why because like in that fire I'd be with Sam mm-hmm. my roommate Mm-hmm. and I'd be with Mike and I would hope that like we could get you over yeah. with us <laughs> you know <laughs> and um I know that I have started to gather people around me who believe in a different way of relating to each other and relating to this earth you know and so I find reprieve mm-hmm. in that place you know, like it is like, yeah, by finding, by active, by liter, and that's the thing. So with a gratitude practice, right, it is, there is like some science here, you know, mm-hmm. going on is that like we um, as humans are, uh, we have evolved a negativity bias in our brains, meaning we are going to remember a quote unquote, like painful experience. Um instantly like that imprints on our brain so like for example if I like cut this flame you know (laughs) and it's like really hot I'm gonna be like ow pain black on my finger don't do that again Uh. um and that and that's from like an evolutionary standpoint right it's because like if there's some like we needed to remember if there's a like a tiger or a bear over there or that like fire will kill us so that (laughs) you know what I mean so that we don't um, hurt ourselves however like the positive things I don't even want to use negative and positive but like the joyous moments it's not that we can't remember them but it's just that our, there's we're taking in so much information our, our brains are doing and our bodies are doing the best that they can um, and now we're taking it in this day and age right we're having to process even more information so our brain is like okay I got to do some, some choices here, right. Of like what I am going to automatically say, you know, if we're thinking of it like a computer, you know, like what I'm going to automatically save the things you got to make sure you save. Otherwise when the power cord goes out, you're going to lose all of those documents. So we have to take the, I think it's, it was like between like 13 and 15 seconds Uh researchers have said with that joyous moment or whatever to imprint it. So that is what a gratitude practice like naturally does. And what I have, and then because our brains are elastic, you know, we have this plasticity, um, 
we can actually like retrain our brains away from the negativity bias. And I have really seen that over this year of like a really dedicated practice of sending a list back and forth every single day with a friend um, is that now like my brain seeks out in the day, the thing that I am grateful for, you know, before there were times where I'd sit down and kind of like really get into the place and like, you know, think about it. Um, and now it's just like, my brain is like, what? I got to like bust out my gratitude list because like, there's the, I'm like, I'm grateful for this little grain of sand. I'm great. You know, and I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for, you know, and then you start to become grateful for things in the past that like led to this moment now, you know, and it's like, yeah, I just, I think I want to like emphasize that it's not a bypassing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's not a bypassing of the things that we are struggling with. It's a holding them next to each other. Mm-hmm. And that I don't know how to say it in any other way, but a woo-woo way. And that's <laughs> it, like magic happens Yeah, when mm-hmm. you can hold both the light and mm-hmm. the dark next to each other and you let the darkness give shape to the light and you let them contour each other and make a beautiful art piece instead of trying to change either of them yeah you know like instead of being like I can't be grateful for this thing because these bad things are happening and or I can't like notice these bad things either because I'm grateful for this it's like no I am aware that like I am struggling with this thing in my life right now and it feels really unfair and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And I am super grateful that I have this, this, this thing in my life. Yeah. It's interesting because I think I've heard recently the amount of thoughts we process in one day right now was an entire lifetime. For Shakespeare's time. Yeah. So it's yeah, like the amount of, it's not even thoughts. It's just, it's like physical sounds and input. And so yeah. no wonder people are overwhelmed. And then you have like this sense of longing, but you're so overwhelmed. You don't even know where to begin to find a community to even step into that space. Plus it takes a really long time to find your people. Like you could yeah. walk into a yoga studio and not feel safe. And that's another yeah. thing is people are not feeling safe right now, period. They're not feeling financially safe, like the impending recession, the job safety, the, and when you're not feeling safe and you're having this longing for a different thing and it's not happening, like all, and then they're, you're overstimulated and overwhelmed and you don't have the proper people to support you within community because Mm -hmm. what we need is more community and less big community and more small community. And Mm -hmm. it just leads to this your negative overwhelm. You just can't get out of this like negative thought loop. And I've found that, like you said, gratitude journaling. It's like, even if you can't really think of anything and you're like, I fucking love my pillow on my bed. Like that, just start somewhere. And, and that is, and that is a beautiful fucking thing to be grateful for, mm-hmm. you know? There are people who don't fucking have pillows. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, you know, like that's real. Out, you gotta zoom out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I remember when I was in the 5150 mm-hmm. and there was a fellow person in there with me who, yeah, I I believe that he was, like, developmentally about the age of, like, eight or nine or something like this. But, you know, he was, like, a full, full-grown man. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, I think people should know this. People should know like what happens in these places, you know, but like he accidentally wet himself mm-hmm. and how old was he actually? Got, oh, you that part. He, like probably in his thirties. Okay. Um, he wet himself and God, and he got like like the the response to that was like he got in trouble, he got yelled at, he was shamed in front of everybody. Um, and it broke my heart. And I and the reason I'm thinking about this is like the pillow situations. Mm-hmm. I remember that night, like he didn't have a pillow for his like little cot that we um were our cots that we were sleeping on and I just I, I gave him my pillow oh. you know I just said that felt so important to give him my pillow and mm-hmm. and and I and I remember one of the others an, an older man who I believe he was schizophrenic he was so sweet and he had been in and out of that same 5150 so many times and um because it's such a revolving door and there there is no help yeah it, our our care system is non-existent um and we we literally break people in in this country and in this world to the point of where they they can't function and then we punish them for it yeah. um but i remember uh he his mom he asked you know when we'd have visitation um he had his mom bring and it was so cute. He had, because she had to cut off all the thorns, you know, and like all of the things and put it in a plastic and put them in little plastic water bottles because we can't have glass, you know, or anything wow. like this. It's the 5150. Put like an individual flower in a water bottle mm-hmm. and like um, that. And, and he asked her to bring that um, for, you know, the, the couple of us that were like in there together, you know, and I, I think. I wow! I did not expect for the any of these stories to come up, but I think that they are coming up because I truly believe in the power of when humans take care of each other, mm-hmm. and that in that place, none of us were even able. That's that I think that's what's remarkable about it, right? Like what got us all into that place was mm-hmm. that we literally could not take care of ourselves mm-hmm. and we were not being taken care of um, and we were struggling. And yet we were able to still care for each other mm-hmm. in that place. And I, I think that that is actually a magical thing about humans is that like, even when we are, when we're almost at like our last wit's end, right? If we see another human struggling, it can almost give us enough power, right? We can't help ourselves, but we can help them. And then like, they can help, help back. And I, I've had vision, I've been given visions of like being taken back to like early human times, like proto human times, like when, we were still living outdoors, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would always get brought back to this vision of where I was like coming back in from like the hunt or, you know, from something being out of your, your group. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we were coming back and it was always like a feeling of like, wow, whatever the fuck just happened out there, you know, was like intense. And maybe you were tired and maybe a little scared, you know? Um, And 
and I, but I, and again, I remember like having all these feelings and then it's like, you would get to the clearing where your people were. Mm -hmm. And as I would enter upon that scene, there would just, it would wash over me just like a completely different feeling from whatever I felt out there as I would see like Mm -hmm. the more elderly ones were like separating Mm -hmm. foods and things with the young ones. And there was like someone over here like grooming this person and they were grooming the other one back and it was just like I would walk into this scene of like hair of just like deep pairing you know and it was like that was like at least for me I feel like I keep get giving these visions because it was like yo this is how our species survived and evolved like we, we literally, the only way we made it, it was rough out there for us. Like people think we're these big, bad predators. We are not like we were so low on the food chain. The only way that we could even fight off big predators was to put hundreds or not, I mean, eventually hundreds, but big groups of us together dancing as mm-hmm. one. Hello. We danced as war dances. So we would look like one big mm-hmm. giant organism. Okay. Um, to scare off these like because we we were weak we're small and tiny in comparison to um these other like real predators that we were around and we were like short for a while you know we had to get up above the grasses like it was fucking rough out there for us you know and the only way that we survived was like not just cooperation but it was like deep care for each other like we had to uh we learned we learned how to reset each other's nervousness that like it reminds me it's just like the love energy that you have so much in your heart and I have so much in my heart and I collect people in this world that have that in their heart and I so I don't it's really hard for me to understand when you when it's closed. It's like everyone has that potential, but sometimes yeah. it's not open. But like last night I was doing the bhakti, like just chanting and I haven't done it. And like, it was such an intimate setting, but I was just crying because you could feel just love frequency. And that brings me to like, I nanny. So I have this five and a half year old little boy and a two and a half year old little girl, five and a half year old little boy is still having, he has gastrointestinal issues. So he has potty accidents pretty much daily. And it's embarrassing for him and I can tell because yeah. he's that age where you remember these kinds of things and you're in school and people can say something and the other it's day are so mean sometimes and the other day and like where does this come from because the other day like the little girl had a potty accident and and the little boy was like can I can I watch and he just sat there and laughed and I looked at him and I was like hey we don't laugh at you when you have potty accidents do we and you could just tell it was coming from this angsty uncomfortable place of like (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't like it I was like where is this why is this in you you're five yeah it's like I don't think this is the answer that people want but it's the answer that I have (laughs) and it's that it's in all of us Mm -hmm. yeah you know like even like literally like the Dalai Lama says (laughs) joke don't know why people like me so much I guess it's because like I value compassion I can't say that I always practice it yeah like he the Dalai Lama fucking says this people you know (laughs) and that's why I'm trying to say like I think we said this before we started um 
uh, recording was that like, we sometimes we don't need to be we don't need to find that completely like non attached quote unquote space all the time. It's just like, for can we find it for this moment? Yes. sometimes yeah. you know and that's why you know and so it's like, like the Dalai Lama is saying like he is human so of course he's not compassionate all the fucking time because mm-hmm. he's human yeah um but he does but why but what he does and I think what you're tapping into of people like you and me is that even when we don't act in that way right or maybe sometimes we even have thoughts that are not like compassion of course you know what we do even if we aren't being compassionate we still value it mm-hmm. or question right? Like, why right exactly right right am I, right, why am I like that, creating this narrative that in my you, head that's bad that even with other person because it's my own fucking insecurities showing up right now and how do I look at that right um and yeah and like, like I think I think that that that's that's I so I think part of it is um like, like there's some tool, there's some skills in here, right? There's one, like we need to be comfortable with our own imperfection, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, right? Like when we allow ourselves to be imperfect, it's a lot easier to allow others to be imperfect. Mm-hmm. When we allow others to be imperfect and we see the humanity in them, it's a lot easier for us to allow ourselves to be imperfect mm-hmm. and see the humanity in ourselves. And only then, though, too, can we actually uh, do it differently, right? We have to, like, fully accept. We have to, you know, I can't become a more compassionate person mm-hmm. if I think that I am being perfectly compassionate all the time. Or and that, that just, like, reminds me, you know, like, yeah, the political situation that's going on right now that, like, in the beginning, I was totally, you're wrong, I'm right. Like, this is a wrong ideation. But even recently, like, my aunt reached out to me and said to check my humanness because I posted something political. And I was like, you know what? We all have our own opinions. I respect yours. And I have compassion for, like, your opinions on this. And that's not a division because we're all so individually different and have grown up in such different environments that there's a really cool thing. And this might be a little bit tangenty, but I was listening to a podcast. I need to send it to you. It's so good. Um, It's about little T and big T trauma Mm -hmm. where little T trauma, you expect something to happen out of your life and therefore it doesn't. Therefore you're in victimhood. Therefore you're bitter. Big T trauma. You have actually like huge traumatic events happen to you that impact you as a person, which I find has made me more empathetic and more understanding and less in victimhood. So it's really interesting. And you could almost pinpoint people that you're coming across you're in little well, t- trauma. You're in big T trauma. Well, and that's it. And I mean, and they have, you know, so this is some, uh, something there is in the literature. Um, there's like post-traumatic stress, right? Mm. There is also post-traumatic growth. Mm. And this is like something that has been studied and seen. <laughs> that is a thing. And yet why? And but you notice that this isn't the thing that and I'm thankful more and more. Um, you know, therapists and researchers are trying to be like, to get it out there. Like, yo, you guys, like there's like post-traumatic stress, but there's also this really cool thing called post-traumatic growth Mm -hmm. where people end up being able to do things like beyond what they ever could before because they had such incredible growth Ah, from this 
experience because basically they had this trauma and it did radically impact them. And they, for whatever reason, you know, um, whatever privileges there are not, um, and different kinds of privileges. I'm not just sick because sometimes like having access to the institutions isn't a privilege in mm-hmm. this type of situation, you mm-hmm. know, because the ideas that they have, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there aren't aren't the best. But for whatever reason, had support, mm-hmm. you know, whether they felt spiritually supported, emotionally supported, uh, you know, whatever these things are, that there was some sort of support mm-hmm. in that place where they were able to basically do what people are always talking about in the spiritual community right which is to alchemize Mm. like the cracking open almost like that traumatic event shook you so hard to the core that it like cracks some piece of you open that allows like light to come in I guess and you don't want to say everything happens for a reason because it's just like I would say no it's not that and that's why I'd say where the the support came in oh thank you for saying it like that because that helped me get so they had the, the experience and somewhere along the line, they were guided by whatever it was, right? Whether it was an internal guidance or an external guidance, whatever it was, something guided them. Because that's the thing, when we have that, right, we, had, we are faced with a choice. Mm-hmm. This is, for me, this is the concept of the borderline, you know, or of, um, you know, the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah dark night of the soul is being given a choice is that when you are faced with the trauma of the world, when you are faced with the own horror, with the horrors that have happened to you, you choose Mm -hmm. to either go to the darkness Mm -hmm. or to decide to become and give everything that you were never given that you wanted. Yeah. You can either choose to keep, doing the harm that was done or you to, break. Tra- to transform it and yeah. alchemize it mm-hmm. and yeah and that's and I'm not gonna and again I'm not gonna yeah that's what I'm gonna say it's not easy to make that choice like and like the the dark night of the soul is a journey that kills many mm-hmm. a lot of people don't come back from it you know mm-hmm. they end up dead suicide mm-hmm. you know either through suicide or overuse of substances or just like you know, they, the, the, the quick decline of their health because like they can't choose life anymore, you know? Um, starting to lose my, you're good. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say interesting. Um, just like yeah, in the, the choice, part, just the, the choice. choice. You always have a choice. There's always a choice and a narrative that you're mm-hmm. going to decide for yourself. And that is where you get to have some sort of control over your overall narrative is what you're choosing to pick in those moments. And I think that sometimes there's a lot of like, I don't know if you call it like spiritual bypassing or what, where it's like, you can't be in that shadow. You can't be in that darkness. You like choose the light every time, but there's a, there's a healing process that goes on when you surrender to that darkness. I think, I think it's, it can swallow you whole and there's a tipping point, but like this past winter where I just have felt really off and it's, I I knew it was going to be a death portal. Like I knew coming into it, it was going to be a heavy one. And it's just like, you have to live through that death portal in order to let life and rebirth happen. Yeah. And it's really hard in those moments to trust that it will. 
Um, yeah. I feel like the light will come, but yes. I think some people fight it so hard. I think you were saying something about this is the first year you haven't had su- or first winter you haven't had suicidal ideation, but because you were able to confront that feeling yeah. and that darkness and really have a conversation around it and accept yeah. part of you rather than trying to push it away and be like, this is not part of my being. I'm going to get over this. It's like, no, I radically accept that this is who I am internally. And this might happen all the time, but how do I have a yeah. conversation with that to make it not so heavy, I guess? Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second so that we get that in here before, because yeah. I'm sure we've been talking for forever now. And also, <laughs> I mean, when you were saying all of that, like, I mean, you were literally saying lines from a poem, one of the poems that I wrote, which was um, wearing the darkness, you know, Maybe you can slip it in here. I can send it to you. That'd be amazing, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was telling Marla, you know, that the reason that I, I was dealing with my really intense suicidal ideations over the last summer, and um, they're not even just like suicidal ideations. I would deal with really intense, intrusive thoughts to like, literally destroy myself Mm -hmm. like that's what I would deal with on the daily so like and I'm saying that it's not like for like a pity party it's for I'm hoping that I can reach those out there because that's what I mean like I'm hoping that I can reach those out there who like are really who like struggle with like that level um like that I'm not just talking about like some little like bullshit stuff like mm-hmm. I mean literally I would be given visions of like my own like making my own head bloody and like like literally it was like this overwhelming urge that would come over my body to literally destroy like self-destruct mm-hmm. to like literally self-destruct and I used to self-harm really bad in in those times. Um, and I'd been working really hard over time not to self-harm. And so then I wasn't like self-harming anymore, but I would like, but it was just like, basically what I was dealing with is like you were saying, is I was having these things come up and instead of, and I would be like, this shouldn't be like, this can't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. And I was like, willpowering yes it off and so then they were just like they kept coming and then finally this summer I was in an intensive for dance and this was happening and I was on like my fifth day and I was like I had a breakdown and that like led me to a breakthrough where I was just like like I can't I'm so tired like I can't keep doing this and I care so much about this and like I care so much about being able to dance without wanting to die like that's really important to me (laughs) um that's really important to me life is actually amazing okay convince yourself (laughs) yeah and so I oh yeah so I I yielded I really yielded and when it was happening instead of pushing it away I finally said to the feeling or to that voice that was like I want to die so that's Mm -hmm. what I was saying it's like I want to die it's like I know sweetheart and I validated for it because like I tapped into like that part of me Mm -hmm. and it was a young part and I do understand why that part wanted Mm -hmm. yeah you know and that's and like like and I I sat with that little one you know and I was like fuck and then and in a and that's 
And thank God I did, because when I did that, then it showed me the answer, the medicine of like what that little one needed. It was like that little one had only experienced extreme trauma, you know, like for that age of me, like that little one knew sexual abuse, like new physical abuse, new emotional abuse. Um, and that, and that was most of it, you know? And so I was like, Oh, it, all right. You need to know, you need to be told, um, what we went on to experience. Um, and so then I had a very long, like, I mean, I was, yeah, I was with this little part for like a good hour and a half, maybe. And we started, and it was cool. Cause I got to relive them all too. We started blowing through all of these memories of experiences that we had, you know? And I was like, look at what we get to fucking do, dude. I was like, dude, you don't understand kid. We are going to see like the best music, like old, like the amount of live music that you are going to experience is going to blow your in mind. And I start going through like seeing Roger Waters, like dancing at Pharaoh's to Wolfgang Gartner before he was huge, you know, when I paid like $10 to like go see him at a rape. Like, you know, and like I, we went through all of this glitter shower in Santa Barbara. I was like, you are gonna love, you know, like I was like, and I got to go through all the, all like, you know, even ones that ended badly or whatever, and we're not, or whatever. I got to go through those old memories of when it was super good, you know, or whatever. And I was like, get this that you're going to get to experience. I was like, dude, you travel the fucking world. Mm. Like you literally, you travel the world. I was like, you dance with people all around the world. Mm. Like you dance with thousands of people in your life and you like remember all of them and they like influence your dance. And it's like, you are dancing still. Mm. Like, did you know that? Like you, dance and you move people like you play music now like I and 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 it was honest it was healing for the little part right because now that little part doesn't come to me being like I want to die so much because that little part learned that that part of its life that it only remembered that wasn't all of it it got to have more and it was an eye-opening experience for me too of what got fared with the little part because there was not a single achievement. Mm. I'm just going to say that. Okay. It was more experiences. There was not a single achievement in mm. there. That was like what made it want to live. Yeah. We or, or what we were excited about or what we decided to share mm. with them. It was all about people. We had loved music. We had danced to art. We had experienced food. We had eaten places. We had gone laughter we had had, you know, like those were the things that organically came up out of me as the medicine for this baby part that wanted to die because this world was so cruel. And it's interesting to me because I feel like a lot of that perspective that you have came from some of the gratitude journey, if you were. Literally. Because for me, sometimes those things come up 
and I grieve them because they're pieces of me and times in my life that I had that I loved so much and I felt so alive in. And I know it's not possible anymore right now. Like for like for me to just pick up, pack my bags and go travel for three months, it's not a possibility right now for me. It could be, you know, down the line, but just like, I feel like with animals and finances and jobs and stuff like that. It's just, you can't just like pack your bag and pick up. So I grieve that piece. Yes. And this is another tool that I've been using. Mm -hmm. Move from the lands, move from probability Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. into the land of possibility. Yes. Yes. It's just, it's a continual. That's I know. Cause that's what I mean. It's like, and I, I, and that's why I don't want to gaslight. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't want to say that that's not true, but I do want to challenge you a little bit and not, not to say that you need to get up and pack your bags and I do that, but just because even saying to your brain that that is impossible. Like I, I feel my mama bear coming out and being (laughs) like, don't, don't close, don't close yourself. Don't close off opportunity and possibility like that. Yeah. And that's what victimhood is to me is it's drawing a box around yourself and finding yourself to it. Right. It's like, yeah, maybe you can't just drop your bags and pick or, you know, drop everything and pack your bags and leave for three months in the same way that you ever did before. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. I I didn't think it was possible for me to be dancing again. Mm-hmm. especially when I wasn't walking, mm-hmm. you know, like, let alone like being paid to perform and stuff again, yeah, that's amazing. you know, it's like, that's never going to be possible. Mm-hmm. You just, have to- it wasn't, it wasn't possible in the way that I thought. Exactly. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's, and that's where I think we get back to like, if you, yeah, it, it may not, and that maybe that's what you want to call in right now. It's mm-hmm. like, maybe that's the feeling that you're wanting. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to call in the feeling of where it feels like it's possible yes. for me to get up and do, and, and call in that instead of whatever thing, A, B, C, or D, mm-hmm. right, that we think are the puzzle pieces that lead us yeah. up to that trip. Right. It's just like really getting into the essence Mm -hmm. of it's like, what are you wanting? And it's like, I feel like the thing that you're craving so bad right now is a feeling of freedom. I was just going to say, you have choice and agency in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I I would invite you to what is one fucking tiny thing that you can do today? Mm -hmm. Right that makes you feel like you have choice and agency in your life. I'll say I've been playing with this really fun game. Totally was inspired by everything everywhere. All at once. If you've not seen that movie, people go see that freaking movie. It gets bizarre um, a little bit, but it's, but with exactly because this shit is absurd and bizarre. That's what I mean. They literally, I don't know how they did it. It's genius. It's a genius movie. They've literally packed how the universe works into a film and I like literally I bow down to this movie it's like so fucking good um but this anomalous behavior right that's why it gets it gets so weird in there right so I've been playing this a lot of like doing weird shit like when like the little like thought comes into my brain it was like I'll never forget this it was like a month ago 
And I was like picking up candy wrappers from next to my bed that I hadn't put in in the trash can and that I, I ate before bed. And I went to like, I went to pick them up. And, you know, of course, I'm like, I'm gonna put them in the trash can. And right before there's this thought in my head, there was like a sock over yonder. It was like, put the candy wrappers in the sock. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right. You know, I put the candy wrappers in the sock. Right. And and then I was just like, yeah, okay. Random anomalous behavior. Like, I'm just going to do that. And like, for me, that was a way to like put randomness and change in, you know? And so I wonder if there is like five minutes in your day today that like you can reclaim as your own and you can do something. I don't know what that thing would be for you that would make you feel like you had autonomy in your life from like doing that, right? Maybe you need to just go say no <laughs> to a random person, like randomly say no to Matt for something. To, like Matt wants something. No, you know, I don't know. And that's what I mean. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I think it can be really silly. And I think, so that's the thing, like, because we are working in this physical world that is all completely connected, right? Um, we can do little things like that. And it will have really large impact. Just like a pattern. Actually, it's, a yeah, it's a pattern disruptor. Because that's the thing right now. That's what I feel like you're in is you're, you're, you're in that, you're stuck in that pattern of that. And it's, it's the pattern they want us stuck in, oh, yeah, yeah. right? It's yeah. like to feel that there is no way out so mm-hmm. that we stay playing the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. because if we all stop playing the game, then they don't have a game anymore. Yes. Yeah. They have nothing to control. Right. And it's really, it's not even just control. It's like they, they, they have nobody to enslave and, you know, make their money. Yeah. You know, cause that's all it is at the end. I, I think one of like, as much as like, I, you know, I'm in a career transition, really want to work from home, blah, blah, blah. Like one of the main reasons I love working with kids is because they're pattern disrupting constantly, constant. And like, you can get frustrated by it and want things to be happening right away, but there's no avoiding it. There's yeah. no avoiding what's random words are going to come out of someone's mouth or what random, like Walter will like look in the car and his face will kind of distort and he'll go, and like, just sit there and have fun with himself. And I'm just like, you get it. <laughs> like, that's yes. amazing. Keep going. And I think that, so yes. So the kids get it. Right. And we were all kids at one point. And that, that was something that I have learned. It was like, I do that kind of shit now. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so thankful to be around like a really like heavily neurodivergent community who are also aware of their neurodivergencies and unmasking, mm. right? Like we're all unmasking. So like I do weird shit like that now and I'm so much happier. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing, like we know as kids, right? Like our bodies know our bodies are so fucking wise, mm. so intelligent, like, think like we get a cut our body heals it you know what I mean like like our when we like suck on our mom's nipple like we give their body information on what we need that body makes it and gives it back like Jesus Christ like these bodies are incredible our body like talking about trauma our bodies are so fucking smart we experience a trauma that will literally kill us Mm -hmm. right our body taps out from it so that we can survive Mm -hmm. 
that's fucking incredible okay like that's what i mean like these shits are so smart you know and we were so wise as children and then we get it like really basically beat out of us right like don't don't wiggle why aren't you paying attention like you know all of these things and it's like oh no they are processing the world in the way that like our bodies are meant to process and so i would say yeah like a a, another like invitation I would really like to give people is that like you can come back to, like that's in you because mm-hmm. it got covered up and you forgot <laughs> your body knows yeah. you know and so like a tool of gratitude you know which can really bring you back to that child's like wonder and awe of life um is powerful it's powerful because it takes us back to wisdom of our own bodies yeah and that's what I found so much is like when I find myself on my mat I'm like Jesus this is like literally the one hour a day I can be in my body and out of my head and even if I get in my head I I can just bring it back to the body I'm like okay those thoughts don't belong here you're here period till this time so like it's just it's really with the overstimulation it's like how do we get back in our body and then you're throwing vr so it's more mind stuff less body stuff because you're yeah. putting yourself in a different location where your body doesn't even exist it's like how do you yeah. more childlike on wonder joy and more body play and i just want to invite people to like it's like the way that you get into your body is like yoga and your instruments right like i would say i'm sure there's some other ways as well what are some because like, i basically i want to give I want to invite people into that, like, sitting on a mat and meditating and, like, yoga aren't the only ways to, like, meditate and get into your body and calm your nervous system. And, in fact, there is no right or wrong way. And I just, like, really want to invite people into that. Like, if reading a – if you're, like, a Hermione character, right, and reading, like, a super, like, heavy textbook is what gets you, like, in like your nervous system relaxed cool that's your fucking (laughs) I'm cussing a lot on this one that's your meditation you know if you're like me and like you need fucking heavy electro music or like techno with like a lot of layers of sound and chaos or like you know really intense classical or something like this and you need to be moving and that actually gets you're, like, don't let anybody tell you what calms your system. Like, if your system is calm from doing that, that's your meditation. That's your embodiment practice. There are these, like, classic embodiment yes. practices or whatever, but they are only there as a way to teach you to have that, to let you have that in all of the spaces of of your life, you know? So, like, so right or wrong way to yes. spend time yeah. in this beautiful container it's the last thing I'm going to say is I feel like in the spiritual community there's been this growth you know I feel like we've been pretty tapped in for a while and not to say that from like an egotistical place at all but like you see people flowing in and like from a survival place so yes from a survival place (laughs) but you see people coming in and like discovering these modalities and getting really hyped about all this stuff and I love that 
some of the people it really depends how you curate your the people you're following in your community for sure but a lot of people are coming out and now being like this isn't perfect doing this isn't going to solve all your problems this isn't the only way this is just like my example to show you of like what makes me feel good so you get inspired to find what makes you feel good but that doesn't mean waking up at 4 a.m and gratitude journaling and meditating for 15 minutes and then doing a yoga practice and then making it blah blah blah. it's like that doesn't have that is still just perfectionism yeah your perfection babe your perfectionism just found another form yep yep another validation of your worthiness yeah if you're spiritual yeah it's again you know I think I said this at the beginning or somewhere like I really believe in an easier softer way and so I'd say even though I also believe and we you know this I'm very I believe heavily in discipline Mm-hmm. And I believe that freedom comes from discipline, but like my understanding of what discipline is, is not punishment. Mm-hmm. My understanding of discipline is that I have a discipline with my gratitude practice, right? And that discipline is that I am willing to keep coming back to it. You keep choosing it. That is your discipline. Even And 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 part of that discipline is not getting mad at myself when I miss it for a couple of days. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the discipline, and by not getting mad at myself, that allows me to just come back to it a lot easier. Yeah. You know? I, I know I was telling you I'm trying to do the 20, well, because Chelsea Handler talks about it on her podcast all the time. Um, and so there's like this 21 thing, 21 days in a row creates the habit, but you know, whatever. So I just wanted to challenge myself. Can I even do this 21 days in a row without getting upset if I miss it? Because that's a big yeah. thing for me, but I do want to make 21 days in a row. So I, I told you I'm on day or like month three or something because I kept missing it on the weekends because it's so ingrained in my morning routine and then the weekend is just a little different but I think if after three months tomorrow will be day 21 but I didn't get down on myself I didn't get frustrated about restarting I was just like kind of like okay I'm gonna gratitude continually then you know so yes it was a really good like challenge yourself in those ways it's like these little self experiments you can do that you know this piece about yourself so challenge yourself in a way you can release that or a way you can like retrain yourself around it or approach it with more ease it yeah, it's just a beautiful, this life is a self-experiment and it's it can be beautiful and it can be hard and it can be tragic and it can feel impossible. And it, yeah, it's just- And humans run on love, power and doing impossible. Yes. You got to like, create your own map. Yeah. Like, constantly. And yeah, and I just, I'll, I'll say on that, like, I think, uh, yeah, if your spirituality practice doesn't include grace for yourself and for others. Um, I would I have some teachers you could look into. Yeah, are like Buddha <laughs> and Jesus yeah. and Krishna. Um, and then you could also look to, you know, more contemporary writers who are here and not here but bell hook mm. audrey lord um baldwin mm. maya angela mm. go to the mystics mm. go to the poet read Rumi, and pray to your own pray to your own <clears throat> protectors deities angels spirits whatever you want to call them God, like all of those characters, all of those characters had grace. Mm -hmm. 
and compassion for themselves and others. They weren't perfect beings, you know, in the least bit. Like people really, but Buddha, the beginning of the Buddha story is him literally walking out on his newborn child and wife. Mm. Like people forget, you know? Um, So yeah, yeah, like grace and compassion, you know, with yourself mm-hmm. and others, you know, like if, if, if you find yourself not in that place, I would invite that maybe that's a time to like pause and reflect and be like, huh, is this, a, is this spirituality practice really embodying something mm-hmm. that I believe? In? Yeah. I love that. Cause anything like that, nothing is inherently bad or good. It's how you are approaching it or like what emotions I feel like are coming from it. Cause just the last thing I want to say is I feel like a lot of times, I mean, I did like this, like, I don't know. I did like a breath work recently and I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus because the person who facilitated this might listen to this. And she's like an amazing friend and I'm super happy for her. She's like found this thing that resonates with her a lot. And it's a lot of, a lot more of a sober community. And so it's a lot of alcohol seen as this low vibration or low energy but it's not inherently that right it is inherent it's that if you are using it in that way just like yes. weed can be that or well and also though like or you know and I mean it, and this is one of the things I'm super thankful for my autistic brain that can't see shit in hierarchies like it's just literally not possible mm-hmm. um but also like lower is not bad Mm-hmm. as well like I guess it, it I would say alcohol is a quote-unquote lower vibration mm-hmm. meaning it comes from the earth <laughs> and it brings you into a very like it's a sensing based thing so that's you're dealing with the quote-unquote lower realms mm-hmm. chakras and things mm-hmm. but that's also where we live yeah okay the the earth is the lowest realm like <laughs> Uh, our root, you know, so I don't see the lower chakras or the lower frequencies as bad. I just see them as another frequency. And I think especially I, and then the, um, the analogy that I always try to give people is that like, if you listened to a song with only high notes in it, you (laughs) would literally claw claw your ears off because like, it would be so screeching. And so it's not about where, we're not about going for high vibrations. We're not, or at least I'll say this. I'm not trying to go for high vibrations. I'm not trying to go for low vibrations. I'm trying to go for what fucking resonates with my body. Yeah, at the time. And guess what? That's usually a combination of vibration <laughs> because I'm a dancer and I need a complicated ass motherfucking song <laughs> with lots of balance and all sorts of different elements that I can get Play into. Up. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. The bass line is everybody's favorite part of a song. So like, I just am really sick of every, of here, you know, for years and years, this like low vibration, high vibration thing. Like in low vibe. I'm like, well. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe, um, maybe I am. Like a low vibrate, a a low rumbling. That's why we have drummed for so long. Drumming activates mycelial network. Mm. That's a low vibration. Like that's what I, like that's what I, People need to get out of the hierarchical ladder, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that it's like, no. Yeah. 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 
Okay. I fucking love you. I love you. I'm so happy we did this. That was amazing. You're so flexible. You're just like, whoop, there's my leg up in there. (laughs) Boom. Um, I'm really proud of you and just like witnessing our friendship has been really like, I just love when you're seeing someone within the thing that lights them up and mm-hmm. re-choosing it over and over and over again. And just to see where it grows and blossoms and like watch these people you love and like genuinely have so much compassion and support and love and trust and like admiration for everything you're doing and how you're leading and and just really sticking by your values and not being swayed by every external conversation. It's like you are very true and rooted within what you believe and how you feel. And that might change over time, yeah. but every time it's like you're in it. It's just, I feel it very is extreme truth coming out, you know? So I really value that about you. Thank you. And I just want to like, that came on the side of, on the other side of so many mistakes too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, just, like, like a, just a quick thing I want to, like, throw in there. You know, I do have regrets, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And one of my my regrets that I have is that I couldn't come to this softer place, particularly around ideology mm-hmm. of things sooner because I lost really important people to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I lost people that over these fights and ideologies that, like, I don't even think they actually believe. You know, like that was the, like, that was the, like, I was mad at them for having a certain ideology, but they didn't even live out that way, mm-hmm. you know? And that like, if I couldn't, if I wasn't so, I had walls up instead of boundaries, right? And if I could have been a little bit more flexible, mm-hmm. right? If I could have been a little bit more curious, mm-hmm. if I could have been a little bit more confident in my own views and what I valued, right and I wasn't feeling so insecure about what I was believing and I wouldn't have had to like bite them to for it I could have been curious yeah and I could have then found out why they really felt the way that they felt and then we could have actually maybe made a bridge mm-hmm. yeah I love that and, you know and so that's what I I I am and that's why I said like we said this like we as humans learned how to calm each other's nervous systems And that's what we're going to need going into whatever this unknown is going forward. Like we are going to have to remember how to take care of each other. And we're going to have to remember how to be curious about the differences in each other. Mm -hmm. The curiosity is a a very big key, I feel like. And I really appreciate you being able to see that about, you know, past conversations or whatever that you are like reflecting on and how it is interesting how we try and push something onto someone else and when they say that's truth then it gives you all the more confidence to believe in it yourself which means you weren't confident in the first place and I found myself there so many times with so many different things it's almost like you need to validate yourself through someone else and how do we find that like within how we start validating ourselves yeah Mm. I love you so much. Thank you so much. I love you. I love these glasses on you too. Thanks. This, I feel like this a, round look. Yeah, it's good. Short little, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh my God. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah. I need to get out there. You need to get out here. Maybe I can bring some 
California sunshine. Bring some sunshine with me. We'll paddleboard and go to yoga. <laughs> mm. Remember, you you're the one who taught me this. Breath will get you through anything. It it does. I need to remind myself that. And I remember I was so annoyed when I heard you say <laughs> it. Like, Don't I was like, that's such that's fucking true. bullshit. But like, it's so true. Yeah. Just like, it's actually true. I, you know, How it's like when your mom ends up being right. That's true. Uh, yes, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, you think back, you're like, oh, they were right about that one. They were <laughs> fucking right about folding the towels. Like, yeah. they were so right. They were so right. <laughs> Um, how can people find you if they resonate or you're writing or I mean your poetry I still have that shall we on my computer and oh. honestly it randomly plays sometimes I don't oh play God, I just cute. hear your voice like shall we and I'm like oh okay that poem sling yeah well okay and I'll make sure to send you the wearing the darkness yeah. one that maybe could get in here um my Instagram is Mish the human <laughs> m-e-e-s-h um the human and I tend to put most things through there I also have some services on the in heal app um but honestly if you reach out to me through Instagram like on a DM um I can most likely get to you uh get back to you in that way and then like um yeah for whatever the reasons may be then like get different um information to be able to communicate with each other and things like this but yeah you can definitely find me there and I tend to post about um whatever workshops I'm teaching or doing through there um which is unfortunate because these apps hate us but you know we're there for now so do what you can. We, yeah. we we do what we can until we build so we build our own platforms or you know <clears throat> whatever exactly. happens. Which I can do now. Yes, exactly. See, I know, but see, but yeah. And for a reason, I'm gonna connect the this tech and the spiritual realm, make it happen together. <laughs> yeah thank you all so much for listening i do want to chat with you after so stay here but um <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be back it's like this will be the two weeks in a row of a podcast which is good momentum keep it going <laughs> my, my roommate has been making me do this recently <laughs> it's our gay sheep uh, or something <laughs> <laughs> that was good um i am going to play misha's wearing the darkness poem <clears throat> so if you're sticking around and want to listen there's a little bit left i'm simply asking you to not brand me with the same hysteria i have told you time and again to be the very thing with which they use to tell us exactly why we don't know what we know, we most certainly do know. A tool for use to discredit us, mark us. The scarlet letter has never been the only way. Burned in droves for the naive belief that when we stepped into our power, we would no longer yearn to be understood. We would no longer need to be understood. We were not understood. And oh, such lack of need spurned fear in the eyes of those witnessing for the first time a prey no longer docile but threatened. Threatened. 
and ready to act. When my darkness swallowed me whole, I found the smallest glimmer of light in the farthest cavern of its throat. I tore away at it piece by piece, climbing atop their discarded pile until I was so high on perspective that the only way out in sight was to crawl through the very darkness that had swallowed me, to wedge myself between the smallest gap, purposefully crushing bits of my body, to reach out into a glimmer unknown as to whether it was a true promise of hope or just another beacon of deceit, something beautiful to be drawn to before all of a sudden being sucked up by it, being sucked dry by it, like warm embraces that turn into spirit straitjackets. The kind that tell you nothing's wrong, so long as you don't move, stay still, and sit just so. The ones that say everything's perfect, so long as you, in futility, be just that, perfect. Kind of the ones like you. But let me tell you something. Perfection is no prerequisite for respect. I learned that when I leapt off my ragged heap and tumbled forth into this realization, where I lifted the thing I had just made my escape out of. The pelt of a once monstrous form hung limp in the absence of its host. I washed it, let it slide between my hands to feel it, sense it, stand it. I shoved my arm inside, willingly offered myself over to my captor, dug around in its depths to retrieve the bits I had previously torn away to darn its holes with, repaired the flesh of it, prepared the flesh of it, piece by piece, poured new life into it, breathed air into it, gave the last stores I didn't even know I had over to it. I beheld the finished product, first up close before my eyes and then at a distance before from a flap of the wind. I wrapped it about my body like a great cloak, forehead tilted upward, gaze softened. I fastened it about my neck with pride, eyes fixed on a spring I could sense just beyond the winter in front of me. So tell me, white lady, who looks just like me, talks just like me, would act just like me, when you say you have a problem with my, quote, radical left fourth wave feminism, when you call me a man-hater, when you say the problem is all women want to do is blame men, do I actually hear you crying out that you blame yourself? Is that your envy I'm witnessing? Is your innermost you crying out in agony to me from the depths of your being? Begging you? Pleading with you? To rip yourself from what you were told was darkness and wear it too? Does it pain you to see me standing here in my cloak of glory while you cower beneath yours? 
Mine is for warmth. I adorn myself with it as it emboldens me. Yours is for armor, a shield you cling to against real and perceived threats, the difference in which you are unable to tell any longer.